Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I don't want to use this hour to pack as many verses in it and as many thoughts in it as I can. I'd like to use it to, to uh, maybe land one or two thoughts from Scripture and also lead us into meaningful conversation with someone sitting near to you so that we can really use this time for as much as what the body of Christ is purposed to do on this earth as possible. And to sit next to a believer at this moment is, is rare and is, and is precious. So we're going to use that as well. I'm going to read for us uh, before I'm going to ask you to turn to someone and discuss something. You know, um, if I can, I'm calling this sermon, Why is it that believers, when they love like God, I've got a shorter title, but I'll explain to you because I can. Why is it that, that that love shines so brightly in this world? Why is it that the love of God shines so brightly when it is truly being seen? What makes it different? And I know as we, as we get this in our hearts, it, it's something we can take home tonight. Even if you don't have a husband or children to go home to, if you've got someone you know, a friend, a family, you can take this and uh, ask God to let this shine through you immediately. So we're going to talk a little bit about love. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to talk about love. Some of, the, some of the scriptures that the Bible gives to us about love, um, every part of scripture can only be understood by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Isn't that true? Um, but some of it, it's like we get a handle on them a little bit easier than others. And, and maybe this part falls into that category. I'm just reading out of 1 John 4. Maybe some of the ideas around love which make sense. And then I'm going to, after we had a quick discussion, read a verse that's maybe a little bit harder to understand. But once we get into that, I'm sure one or two things will break open for us. These are, these are scriptures about love that sometimes we... We really understand. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. That makes sense, right? It's not always easy to love someone, but it's, it's easier to get what the scripture tells us we must do, right? Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I mean, that's big, but it makes sense. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away sins. Wow. We serve a loving God, right? Now what I want to do is I want to go to a scripture that turns this thing a little bit around and it might be hard to understand and then I want to dive into that. But just before I do that, um, let's just get our brains going. I'd like you to turn to someone or make a triangle depending on how your chair turns and who's behind you. Yeah, you can turn so long, then I'll 
instruct you what you must do. And those, I'm not sure if it's going to be a breakout room uh, for Brown and the team behind the scenes, but if there's uh, people that wants to be in a breakout room, you can send them in in a moment. Here is what I want you to ask the people in your group. Try and explain the opposite of love. Just where you are. Just try and explain the opposite of love. This is very hard. I don't expect any group to say, yes, we've got it. We are 100%. We've covered everything. It's not going to happen. But just to get you thinking, five minutes. Let's go. Cool. As I was uh, moving around, um, I, I heard some amazing, amazing things. But this is about, about that time in, in the chat or the breakout room when the in, introverts are starting to feel this is getting a bit uncomfortable now. I hope the breakout room or the chat ends and the extroverts have just finished to introduce one another to themselves. But uh, we have to find that balance. I'm going to read us a scripture which might, it falls a little bit upside down when it speaks about love it says the following it's also in one john just a few verses on from where we just read it says the following it says by this we know we love the children of god okay by this we know we love one another this is how you know that you love the person next to you now, if we take a lot of people that, that's maybe not Christians or doesn't know the Bible, you'll get a lot of answers. By this you know, what will that be? If you are generous. Okay, love is generous. Uh, if you are kind, um, if you protect them, if you don't harm them, you can get many answers. And in fact, love is explained. It's so hard to explain the fullness of love that it's, almost impossible to define it in a sentence even the apostle paul says love is patient it equals to patience but it's also equal to kindness and it's also equal to long suffering and it's also equal to not being envious and so so love is just too big to say love equals one thing love is unfathomable and it makes sense because scripture also says god is love it is hard to understand love but it, the spirit helps us okay we know when when love is at work and this scripture helps us because it just blows thinking easy and in, in a simplistic way which is also important at times to, to think simplistic and do it but this scripture here blows it out of the park because it says the following by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God. And everything breaks open. By this I know I love the person next to me if I love God. And suddenly there's just a new stream of thought that breaks open what does that mean okay so if i really want to love my mom and dad i need to love god if i really want to love my spouse i need to love god and love him more dearly if i really want to love my children it's not about giving them every opportunity it's not about make sure they're in the best school no it is first and foremost if i really want to know whether i love them the question is do i love god and there's a 
there's a reason for that. And it's, I'm not claiming to have my whole mind around the scripture, but at least one part that I hope will break open for you. What we love most, we become. That's just it. What gets our attention, our affection, our time, draws us in to become like that. And I know it's funny, we laugh about it. Uh, the little children, the, the little boys, they are all some kind of superhero. They're running around home and their Christian parents teach them well. They'll say at one stage, you know, Jesus is better. You know, it's better than this year. But every girl is some or other princess, you know, Elsa or Anna. And it's okay, they role play, they do their thing. But as we grow older and older, it's, it's funny to look at the young children and we should help them, facilitate them, because what we ultimately love, we become. Those who think Taylor Swift is everything and maybe have some kind of proximity to her, maybe in America, they become like her. And in a way, this scripture asks us, when it says, by this we know we love the children of God, when we love God, it's asking us this question. Do we love God in such a way that we are being transformed into who he is? Because if that is true, we will know how to love those around him. But if we take any other person on earth, We'll never be able to love those around them if we copy a human. All right? Now, let's play with this idea a little bit. There was a time when Saul loved David. Why? He's a great asset for the kingdom. And in 1 Psalm 18, verse 7, they just came back from the battlefield and the women had a song to sing, you know? The women, if there's something under the mat, the ladies will bring it out. And this is what they said. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And it was hard for Saul to love David. This is what Saul said. Instead of, I can't believe God has blessed me with a man like David. Together we are conquering nation upon nation. When David is strong, I am strong. When David is strong, Israel is strong. I love David. Praise God for sending me Someone that when we are together, we can take our enemies. Instead of that, which would enable them to love him, he said, they ascribe 10,000 to David, but to me, only 1,000. What happened at that moment? The moment when his friend prospered, whom he loved, and prospered beyond him, and he compared himself with his friend, he could not love him anymore. Because how can he have more than me? How can he be happier than me? How can they say 10,000 for, for David and 1,000 for me? And what it exposed in the heart of Saul is it was never love. He used David for self-advancement only. So in our world, in our time, in, in Sukunda today, with you, your friends, and with me, it looks more or less like this. You have a great friend, and you do everything together, and you, you even tell your friend, I really love you. You are my buddy until she meets her husband first. 
And it's hard to be happy for her. Because compared to you, you are still single. Can you see that? For the, for the males, he got the promotion you were looking for and now he's in the home you want, drives the vehicle you wanted. And you loved him and, and you guys, were, or you thought you did, but as he moved beyond, your heart turned. And now, when you compare him to you, you, you realize the love has gone out. And it teaches us something. It teaches us that envy is the love killer. Envy is at least one of the love killers. And I hope it came up. Is there anyone here in one of your groups that came out envy? Okay. And that's a hard one. Um, you know they talk about the seven deadly sins? Uh, the man who came up with it said, and envy is one of them, is that envy is the start of each one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, it's that thing where you, your team is playing and, and they're behind, sorry for the rugby example, ladies, just bear with me. And your team is behind by five points. You played a good game. You are the number nine. You came off and your friend came on. He gets the ball. He gives a good kick. He collects the ball. He scores the try. Everyone is on their feet because your team has won. Except for you. Because the man who came on, on came on in your place. And the fact that he excelled means he might move, lose your place. So as everyone cries out, you cry. So one man explains envy as this. When your friend smiles, you frown. And when, when he or she gets it back, when they cry or when they frown, you smile. And so envy is the love killer. Envy is the love killer. And love is masked by, empty, by envy a lot of the time. We see uh, not only celebrities, we put them under the bus, but let's look at ourselves. We see them, two wonderful people getting married somewhere in South Africa or Hollywood. I mean, they just, when, they, when they're before that camera, yeah, I mean, everything is perfect, and they love one another, and they love. But after three years, there's irreconcilable differences. You can no longer advance my status or my estate in this world. Irreconcilable differences, let it go. But somewhere in Africa, there's two missionaries that have got nothing. Married and in love until the day God comes to fetch it. You see, love can get masked by self-advancement. Why are we talking about this? Because the love of God shines so brightly because it's so different that when it is seen, it blinds people. And they ask about the God we serve. We're working towards that point. How is it different? Uh, this is a hard one. But apply it to yourself. Grow. Grow tonight. Okay, grow. Most people, most people will make friends on the same social and socioeconomic status than they are or friends that have more than they have. 
These are my friends which I love. Well, it is a coincidence that most of us don't have friends that have nothing. They have nothing to advance or to put into our state. It's very hard to hear tonight, okay? But we're talking about the love of God, Jesus Christ, the richest man in the heavens and the earth coming to sit amongst those who have nothing. Why is it that godly love shines so brightly? Because it does not make sense to the human mind where envy has infiltrated love so deeply that they come as one. Does that make sense? Envy is the inability to smile when others are smiling. Because when they are smiling, you think, man, I wanted that. Why can't I have that? Why couldn't that be my parents? Why can't I have a spouse like that? And so when your friend is needing love to, to be with her on a journey, it's hard for you. Maybe you mask it for a moment and you smile in your heart. And God wants to come amongst believers and show us his heart so deeply that we can actually say, you know what, I actually also wanted to be married by now. But I am so happy for my friend. So there's someone that needs to help us with that kind of love. He's the Holy Spirit. It's not easy, but the Holy Spirit is not God, so that He can only do easy things. He's here to work miracles in our hearts, so that when people look at us, we taste salty, different. Like, how can someone love like this? Now I don't know. But the one whom I love most is working something in me, and it must be Him. <laughs> Can I tell you what happened in my life? And there's your opportunity. That's why the love of God shines so brightly in this world. I want to read for us out of Philippians. It says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and symphony, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love. Same love of Christ. Being in full accord and of one mind. And then it goes on to describe the love of Christ, which is different to the way I naturally tend to want to love. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Think of that in the context of love and those whom you bring into your space to love. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. We need miracles in our hearts. Amen. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Lord, it's better if they get the job. But the things like that, Jesus Christ. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Lord, what will make my friend smile, even if it's hard for me? Oh! This is hard. Betai van jylle kyk na my met bomskok oor. Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What it says is, Jesus had everything and everything is his. He doesn't, he doesn't have to try and hold on to, to treasures of heavens. It's his, right? And then he emptied himself. He laid it down by taking the form of a servant. Right? Being born the likeness of men. Now, 
Jesus loves without envy because he is God. It's very hard for us to get that, the purity of that love up to 100% while we are still humans. One day when he comes back, he will perfect us. But I think what he wants to do with us is as we grow in him, it's lead, out to, lead us to take the root of envy out of our hearts as we grow. So that as we grow in Christ, we become a people that can love others, even when they experience great breakthroughs and we experience being stagnant, and then take it beyond. Even if they can experience a breakthrough at your cost, which is the love like Christ, you know you love the brothers if you love God. You see how he loves and you do everything to pattern your heart after his. You become a lover. Isn't that amazing? Here's something to take home. You have one heart. We've said it before in this church. You, you cannot compartmentalize your heart. Okay? If you hate one person, you're going to you're going to carry hate into your marriage as well. You can't have it. I'm going to hate with this part of my heart. And when, I, when I walk into that office, I'm going to be hateful and hard. But when I go home, I'm going to be soft and gentle. Don't fool yourself. As envy increases, love diminishes in your heart. So, here's a takeaway. For everyone single that wants to marry. Who, who's single and wants to marry one day? Let me just see. Hey, I'm just going to see. Mark, net Mark. Oh, come on. Okay, come on. Yeah, I'm just asking. Here's the thing. You want to prepare your heart for love? Eliminate envy. Now, you are preparing your heart for love. You have more to give. If you are married, you struggle with this. Eliminate the envy you have between you and your other female friend, you love your husband more. Your husband, eliminate competition and strive and envy between you and that other businessman, other friend or your brother. Eliminate that envy, bring it before God, repent, look to God, let him fill you, then you'll love your wife more. You can buy a lot of flowers, they will rot again. That's not the answer. <laughs> it's it's not buying plants, it's removing roots. <laughs> it enables you to love, to love more. Sometimes it's good to ask ourselves this question. This will help us love well. What do you have in Christ? Just where you're thinking, where you're sitting, think this for a moment. What do you have in Christ? And think far. Think, think beyond the grave. What do you have? Now, okay, ask yourself this question. What have you done for it? It should be something like everything and nothing, okay? More or less. When we worship God and we ask ourselves those two questions, it makes it easier to remove envy out of our So I've got a statement that I typed out here and I want to pray for us and I want you to, in your breakout room, finish off. 
believers that the love of God shines very brightly through his, his children because they are different. They are different, right? The love of God shines in this world because whereas worldly love is a tool for self-advancement, listen to the contrast, godly love is at its most fulfilling when it comes at a cost of self. That's a difference between the love of God and the love of the world. One is to exalt oneself and call it love. I love you, come near, help me build myself. The one is I'm willing to lay myself down to see you experience the love of God in this world. His name is Jesus. It's so easy, it's so hard. So what I want us to do um, tonight is uh, just keep it open, but turn to someone. I'll, I'll uh, finish off for us at the end. And I want to ask you this question. What can you do today to grow in love? Be practical. Maybe you don't have to say the name of your friend or someone you, you're mad at, because maybe my name comes up here. I don't want that. All right. <laughs> just say, hey, I've got a friend I need to forgive. Or I'm, I'm in competition with someone. Or... Man, it's hard for me to, to be free in what I have because when I look at everyone else, it feels like I'm, I'm left behind. And so it's hard for me to be a friend with that person. And at the same time, deep in my heart, I'm in competition. That's the start. Get it out. Get it out. Repent. Here's the thing about your situation and your life. What you have and what you will have one day, and I know I'm older than most of you guys, but let me say it so long, is enough because it is portioned to you from God. So rest. Stop the envy. Nowhere. The humanists say, you, if, if you get five marbles, I must get five. That's not biblical thought. God gives you what He wants you to have. No explanation. And he gives you what He wants you to have. Then He wants everyone to be happy towards him for what they have because you do not live to acquire earthy things. Amen? I didn't plan that. There's a part in the Bible when it says, uh, one of the Psalms, it says, he who has a lot of things is full of glory and then he fades away. He who has a little things, doesn't have a lot of things, then he fades away. Same thing. Because here's the thing, we're about to go through a door for eternity. Things will be different. But the challenge is in this world to remove envy and love yourself into eternity and let that love shine. Amen? Okay, you can turn to one another. I'll pray for us at the end before I uh, take more time.